L of the O. Welcome to my 25th episode of Callcast. 25, I've been doing this since April, and now we're, you know, a quarter of a quarter of a century in. But that's really exciting. I've never gotten to 25 of any of my podcasts that I've started previously. False! My very first podcast, F is for Friends, during the pandemic, I think I did get to 25 or 26 episodes. But I plan on going further with this one. That one stopped then, and this one's gonna go further. Guys, on Tuesday, I woke up to a text. The text was from my manager, and he said, I just emailed you, but I'm texting you now. We were just contacted from HBO about an audition for Curb Your Enthusiasm, which, in my opinion, is one of the best comedy shows of the last few decades. And I responded, Not really. I mean, kind of. And the next day, I submitted an audition to HBO for Curb Your Enthusiasm. I have come to love the mind of Larry David since his inclusion in Seinfeld. I felt when he left the show Seinfeld around seven, season seven or eight, seven I think, the show dropped. Eight and nine, seasons eight and nine were a lot poorer. They were a lot goofier and were very much only led by Jerry as opposed to Larry. And Larry David was a huge part of Seinfeld. So, now he has his own show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, on HBO. I think it's going on 12 seasons. Back in July, I got to be... What? I got to be seen by NBC, SNL, over in New York. That's great, that's fine. They didn't... They're starting their new SNL season. I'm obviously not on it. (laughs) Curb is shooting at the end of this month in Los Angeles. Not New York. L.A., which would be much preferable for me to go to L.A., a place that I've been a couple times. I've never been to New York. I don't know what it would be like. I I would have to move there doing SNL. I just have to go there to L.A. to film Curb and then come back. Plus, I would be so honored to act with Larry David before he retires, before he passes. He's up there, dude. He's getting towards his 80s. He's gonna be done soon. This... (laughs) He's not going to be able to do this forever. I think he's probably in his last five years. Don't tell him that I said that because then I won't be on the show. But my dad came over and we filmed an audition. My dad was off screen reading and I had to improvise off of what he was reading. Which is funny because the last time that my dad and I have ever done something like this was years ago. 12 years ago in Portland, Oregon. My dad and I drive up to Portland and we're going to try and sign me with an agency. What I didn't know, and it's a good thing we didn't sign with them, because I didn't know that agencies, real agencies and managers, don't ever ask for money up front when you sign with them. Only the scams and the fake ones are like, hey, we're your agent now, give us money. That's not how that works. These people were asking for like 300 bucks up front. No, sorry, not how it works. So I go, I sit, and I meet with this guy, and my dad's right next to me, and this dude running the meeting has me do a cold read of an ad for, like, dentistry, like Colgate, something like that, reading for toothpaste. And I have to now do this 
ad read in front of my dad and this guy, which I really hadn't had much experience acting in front of my dad doing a performance, and it was super uncomfortable. It's a, it was a really uncomfortable three minutes for me. And we, ha- my dad and I hadn't done anything like that since then. So this week we now reunite <laughs> for this sequel, a Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, audition, and it went a ton better. I can even show you guys a little clip of it here. I'm not returning the purse. Jeff is. See? Then you said it. You're not the customer. Jeff is. So how about you actually buy something? What? What? What do you want me to buy? Well, what would what would make you happy? I have this uh, perfect little sear luster sports jacket for you. Might look kind of nice. You know you want it. I really hope to be getting that role within the next couple weeks and going to Los Angeles at the end of this month. That would be unbelievable. Both of my managers said that it was a grounded performance. I wasn't trying to be funny. It said in the instructions, don't try to be funny, just be you. My character, since it's based in Georgia, my character is Southern. So I had a Southern draw. I had to talk like, <laughs> you know. I, I didn't want to overdo that. That's why it was. it's pretty subtle. But my manager said it was good, and I was surprised. I was like, what are they going to think? Because I could send them something horrible, and they're like, why are we representing this guy? Luckily, it's not the case. Hopefully, I get the part. They film it at the end of this month. Let's go. My horror movie, Carnal, which is the third, third movie in the trilogy that I've started over the past couple years. You have Harmonica, Folly, and now Carnal. I'm ending out the trilogy. This is the end. What I'm showcasing is a beginning, middle, and end of life attached to a vice. Whether that be sex, drugs, alcoholism, gambling. If you take that vice to the end of its road, you will find the end of that road with that vice. So this third movie is the end of the road for my character, who was exposed to a sin or a vice at the in the first movie and is now dealing with the repercussions of what that exposure has caused. So it's written. I'm filming it now. I'm also editing it as I go. I'm casting people, uh, a few people to act, which is interesting because the last two movies I made completely solo, and now having any sort of help or actors is more ambitious than the past two years, and I love that. And I'm, I'm very serious about this movie, dude. I'm going to get flack for it. There's going to be people who don't finish watching it. Uh, Towards the beginning, there's a really, really gross part. And I was editing it this morning, and I made myself puke. I actually vomited. I was struggling for about five minutes because there's just one... (laughs) This one sequence that I saw it, and I went... (laughs) Couldn't stop... Had to go to the kitchen sink and just stand over and just be like, and then that image popped into my head again after like three minutes of trying to keep it cool, and then it just all came out, and it's so, it's such a bummer, but just to show you guys that this is going to be kind of a nasty movie, I legitimately made myself regurgitate from what I show in the first five minutes of this movie. Um, something that I found out recently is the movie Joker. He only kills like three or four people in the whole movie, the 2019 Joker. And that movie was almost rated NC-17 just for its tone. Even though you have movies like American Psycho or X. I just watched X 
And that movie is so nasty. But it made me think that, oh, if Joker can be almost rated more than R just for its tone, just for how they make you feel, wow, then I can do something like that too. I can try to format my short film off of off of a tone over anything violent. I think that's interesting. So I'm trying that out. Which kind of takes me to my next topic, and you'll see why. When I was young, I loved basketball, performance, bodybuilders, and weightlifting in there too. Magic and ventriloquism. I had a magic kit when I was young. My parents got it for me. It came with a whole bag. It came with a DVD of tutorials of each of the little magic, uh, whatever you, uh, magic tricks... Props, uh, magic props. There was a fake tongue, a fake thumb. They had this super cool, I even have it. I think it's the last item that I have from this magic kit, and I couldn't even find it, so I might not have it. But it fits two quarters on each side of it, and it looks, it looks like a lollipop. And so I can do, I can do this, and so I can do this trick with it where I, start out with no quarters in the thing and then I can make two quarters appear in it. That was my best trick. That I got I got a lot of people with that trick. The fake thumb, the fake tongue, a lot of people saw through that stuff, but the uh, making the quarters come out of thin air. Ooh. All right, let's clock that as the second official time that I have pooped myself on this podcast. What was I saying? That was the best trick that I could get people with, was to making the quarters appear out of thin air. Had a lot of time to think about that sentence on the toilet. My parents also had laying around the house, not laying around, but put neatly on the shelves. DVD ventriloquism, or ventriloquist tutorial tapes. My grandpa, Paul Everett, was a ventriloquist for 40 years in this nation. Of the United States of America, for which it stands, One Nation Under God, and some other stuff. For 40 years, he even had his own public asset access TV show called Wally's World. Maybe I can even show a clip of that too. It's easier to bear, but it goes against the way I am to put my human nature down. And let the spirit take control of all I do. It's not a clip with the dummy, but my that is my uncle singing with him. My grandpa, unfortunately, had two strokes in his life. One in his 60s that put him back to, like, childhood mentality where he'd be eating the cake at birthday parties and we'd have to, like, hide the cake from grandpa. Or, um... He would start doing his ventriloquism sets and mix up his set and start doing, like, three different stories at once. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, it's the story of Jonah, not you're mixing it up with David and Goliath, you know, that type of stuff. Because he would do Bible stories. He was a he was a ventriloquism pastor. He was a ventriloquist pastor for 40 years. So he traveled around the States with his dummy, Wally. He had two of them. And so after his passing, I performed just a handful of times with his dummy Wally. But I had in my I, in my possession, technically my dad's possession as his son, 
for uh, several years. And I would make videos with Wally. I would perform in front of like Awana classes or little kids classes with the dummy Wally. But my love for magic and ventriloquism, which both are duping people. For example, there's a story that one of the ventriloquism ventriloquists, he tells the story of being with his dummy in a studio and he's filming on like for well, for cameras and stuff. And when he would talk, the audio would come through fine. When the dummy would speak, you couldn't hear him. It's because the audio guy was moving the microphone from him to the dummy and back. It's just the guy speaking. The dummy's not alive, sound person. So it dupes people. That falls into my love of movie making. I do it in my content too, but with my movies, a trick. There's a bunch of tricks in the movie making process that make you believe that what I'm putting on screen is real. And totally I do it with my TikToks as well. I can add a simple audio recording after the fact of filming it in the TikTok app to enhance the video itself. Just like a small example of movie magic. And relating that back to my movie adventures, and especially with my horror movie that I'm making this month, figuring out new ways to trick you as the audience is so addicting. As a storyteller, as a filmmaker, finding out a way to... Oh my gosh, I love that I can tell this concept this way. I love that. I've never seen it before. And my favorite thing is when filmmakers show me things that I've never seen before. When I'm going, how did they do that? And I'm looking online trying to find answers. I'm like experiencing such an adrenaline rush and buzz. But enough of that whole topic. I'm moving on to another topic because I did something recently. I pinched my finger and it really hurt. And I don't do that very often, but it's such a specific pain because your nerve endings are in your fingers. Your nerves go to your fingers and that's where they end. That's why your your what? Your fingers are so sensitive. Man, the first time that I ever pinched my finger, it was a group of them, a.k.a. all of them. <laughs> my brother had this whole band recital one time at band camp, and I got really infatuated with this pencil sharpener on the wall. The ones that you like, you know. It doesn't make any sound, but you can make the sound if you want to, because it's not the automatic. Well, there's a little bit of sound. I'm going to stop. As I'm dealing with... I'm so infatuated with the pencil sharpener for some reason. I've, like, never seen one. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm, like, five years old. I have my hand... The door is open that way, and I have my hand on the entrance of the door, like the beam... And I'm just grasping and I'm doing this and somebody walks through the door or lets it go and the door swings and the end of it just like turns and clips. I mean, just pinches my fingers. I, I couldn't find my mom. I spent the next five minutes going. I had never experienced that level of pain before. And then I can't find my mom. I can't, I, there's nobody I recognize and I'm like screaming, crying. I don't know anybody. 
Oh, that was so, it, it's so awful. So every time I pinch my finger, I go back to that moment. I pinched my finger recently. You know the uh, coffee pitchers? You just pull it out. It's a glass thing with the handle. I was just rinsing it out. I'm just rinsing it out. And I put where the lid pops up. Boop. Like that. I just put my thumb right in there. And I'm just holding it and filling it up with water. Just letting it go all the way. <laughs> and it gets to a certain level. And gets heavy enough that it just pinches the crap out of my thumb. And I went... I swear, if any of my family members would have seen it live, they probably would be deceased for how hard they would have laughed. I started cackling at myself and my reaction afterwards. It was so automatic, but it hurt so bad. I've pinched my fingers a few other times, but nothing really comes to mind. Except for this story about my mom, and I wasn't born yet, so... I, I didn't... I can't say I witnessed it, but my mom had her fingers pinched in a car door by her father, my papa. He shut the door and the car was locked. So a locked car door slammed on my mom's fingers and she said every swear word in the book. <laughs> her and my dad were like two years married at that time. They had a one-year-old kid, my older brother. And my dad's just holding his newborn with his new wife. And she's screaming every single cuss word that exists. Can't imagine what he was thinking. And my pop was like trying to unlock the car all frantically. But me and pinching fingers really secudos. One thing that's been on my heart and mind recently is how men, or okay, people. I'll just say people, but a lot of serial killers have been men. A lot of sex offenders, the majority of sex offenders are men. A lot of people live double lives, and yet we're all surprised to find out about a double life, especially when they're a celebrity. And a celebrity gives you so much opportunity and freedom to live as many lives as you really want. We are seeing the results of the facade dropping with the celebrities since 2017. Harvey Weinstein, hashtag me too, time's up, believe all women. Kevin Spacey, huge example. Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby, dude. The man lived a double life for so decades. And I do find that absolutely shocking. And I've been shocked ever since to find out that discovery. I didn't believe it for the first couple years when it came out. But especially with the Showtime documentary that came out uh, this year. More extreme cases of this are Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, and Jeffrey Dahmer. And with, with how many double lives we've witnessed, it kind of makes it hard to trust anybody. Like, you know, honestly, it shouldn't come as a shock when a facade drops from a celebrity. Will Smith, for example. And I have a lot of thoughts about the topic, but I couldn't really even write them down. These are more thoughts that... I have to do it in a different way, and that's kind of why I do it through movies. I also do it in my comedy, my stand-up, and my, my online content, but my movies are much different. I consider mo my movies and my content to be two very separate beasts. That's why I'm doing horror. This is my third horror movie. I love 
being able to branch away from the comedy and not be pigeonholed to that because that's not the only side to me. This draw to violence and horror is not the only side to me either, but it is a side to me. I also have a very competitive and sporty side to me, like basketball. I've been shooting basketball a lot recently. I got I got a basketball at the beginning of this month, and that has been so nice. I realized shooting the basketball out there that there are so many muscles that I'm not working out nearly enough or giving attention to. So like my glutes... And just right around my hips and my sciatica, my fibromyalgia, it was just all in pain after the first couple times of shooting and running for the ball and jumping and just getting more activity. Oh, my knees, just all around my knees and kneecaps, dude, man. And my feet. Oh, my feet. I'm limping home. The basketball court is 30 yards away and I'm limping home. So it, it just means that there's no reason that I should be putting nearly this much pressure on my joints. And at 27, I shouldn't have this much difficulty playing basketball. But I love that I've gotten the basketball. I'm doing boxing. I love being able to find unorthodox ways of doing cardio because a treadmill or walking, I can't stand doing the rowing or the bike. I just don't like it. I need this to be entertained while I'm doing cardio. And basketball and whatever it's called... I'm, I'm going to pause till I think of it. Boxing. Basketball and boxing are two ways of getting cardio that involves a lot of coordination. So that keeps my that keeps my mind engaged. Nice. I have been presented with some opportunities this month that are really exciting. My movie, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I'm feeling very optimistic about the end of this year. And that is huge because the rest of this year can go down the drain, honestly. I, I'm being straight up when I say that the rest of this year, 2022, has been a wasted year on my part. I've caused a lot of drama in my personal life, online, and I've suffered a lot of repercussions from it because of it. But I'm holding my head up high and I'm ending this month on a strong note. I'm, I will do everything in my power to make sure that that happens so that I can still say 2022 was some sort of positive year for me in growth, maturity, and not just self-sabotage. So thank you guys so much for listening and being here. I will check you guys next week. Not check ya in any sort of inappropriate way. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.